Welcome to the What in the World is God Doing podcast, conversations with Highland Park mission partners here in Casper, Wyoming, and around the world. In the midst of global crises and a daily onslaught of discouraging news, this podcast will encourage you about the good work God is doing around the world and inspire you to join in God's mission in our everyday lives. Highland Park Community Church exists to take risks to pursue God and love like Jesus. And our mission partners are courageously living that out locally and globally. I'm Darren Edwell Polker, the Go Pastor at Highland Park, and joining me today is Terry Winship. Terry has been the president of True Care Women's Resource Center since 1998. And we are so proud to be partners with you, Terry, in ministry uh, with True Care. And so, welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, Terry, for those that are unfamiliar with the work of True Care, can you just kind of give us an orientation of what you do? Well, you know, I think our mission statement says it all. Our mission is to erase the perceived need for abortion in our community through effectively serving pregnant, at risk women and transforming their fears into confidence in the future. And of course, we also want to see women who have experienced abortion um, healed. You know, through Christ's love and, and forgiveness as well. When you talk about the perceived need for abortion, what that's sort of a, a heavy phrase. There's, I'm sure there's a lot behind that. So, well, I, I guess we truly come from it um, at it from a standpoint of we don't believe that there is ever a need for abortion. Um, that you know, God's resources are are endless, and so um, if if we can just put women in touch with the many resources in this community, um, we really feel like, um, you know, that that will um, will change their minds. Well, walk us through a young lady who's pregnant or thinks they're pregnant, um, doesn't know what to do. Um, what's sort of a typical profile of a young woman that might come into True Care? And then just walk us through what that experience would be like for her. Well, you know, I don't know that there is any typical person. We see women as young as 12 and 13, all the way up to those women who are at the end of their reproductive years. And of course, everybody in between. Um, the average age of our patient is about 22. So, um, you know, of course, the, the what what each of those women look like and, and feel and, and are experiencing is, is very different. Um, but once they make it to our door, um, you know, they... They come in. Um, they've already um, they've already had a lot of information taken by the scheduler, and uh, they come in and and um, you know go through all the privacy stuff. And um, of course, with COVID, now we're taking temperatures, and if they don't have a mask, we give them a mask, and you know make sure that first of all they're safe as well as keeping our our staff safe as well. So they come in and they you know they sign in. Um, they are greeted by a patient advocate. Um, and uh, then taken back um, to the consulting room. The consulting room looks very different this, right now with COVID, which is unfortunate. We had nice, you know, cushy furniture. And, you know, had to take that out and put in uh, chairs that are stuff easy. you could spray down. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, and and six feet apart, and you know all of that. Um, but nonetheless, they they are able to sit face to face and and talk. Um, and the advocate can find out, you know, what is, what's going on with her? What is her situation? Um, one of the first things we do, though, is the pregnancy test, okay? Because she, that's, that's what's on her mind, you know? And she's really not going to hear us or hear any of our 
um, about our resources or, you know, the things that, that we want to get across to her until she knows yes or no, mm-hmm. you know, am I pregnant or not? Now, do a lot of them take tests on their own or? Oh, absolutely. Most of them have taken a home okay. test. But they, yeah. this is just an, another layer of confirmation. Right. Okay. Right. Ours is a laboratory quality pregnancy okay. test. And then we're going to confirm it. If she's far enough along, we're going to confirm it with an ultrasound. Um, so, the, the, the nurse comes in, tells her, you know, what her, um, the result of her test is. And then if she's um, between five and six weeks along at least, um, has to be at least five weeks, five days, um, then they can go ahead and do an ultrasound. And um, that's where we really see the mm. transformation, you know, because our target audience is that woman who sees abortion as her best or only option. And many times, I mean, we're seeing more and more women who already have an appointment scheduled at an abortion clinic, but they're coming, you know, to find out, am I really pregnant and how far along am I and what are my options, that kind of thing. Um, so, um, so, you know, the, the ultrasound is really where we see that, that transformation take place because um, they can see the reality, they can see the truth. What are the factors that go into make a woman more likely to see abortion as best way out for them. Um, do you, I'm sure you've kind of done some, you know, as you're, as you're talking to these women, what are the things that kind of rise to the surface that would, you know, for lack of a better word, um, push someone in that direction? Yeah. You know, everything from finances, that that's a big one. And then relationship issues. I mean, if the relationship is not going well, um, and we've had women who are recently separated or divorced and, you know, they're not sure, you know, whose baby this is. I mean, that, you know, that makes a big, big difference. Um, but there's there's a lot of pressures. A lot of times um, some, with some of the younger women, it might be a parent or, um, you know, a significant person that, that is pressuring them and saying, look, if, you know, if you don't have this abortion, then, you know, you're out of my life, that kind of thing. And so what are the resources then that are available if somebody thinks, no, this is my best option, and you can say, well, here are some other alternatives. What are some of those? Right. Well, um, of course, we, we talk about parenting. We talk about adoption. Um, parenting, we're, we're going to talk to them about walking through the pregnancy with them and actually helping them, um, you know, try to be the best parent that that they can be. We have a person on staff who is our resource coordinator. Her name is Cheryl. Cheryl um, comes from a background where, I mean, she's actually experienced abortion, and she is willing to tell her story. So just putting her in touch with those women who see, you know, see it as their best option, she can, you know, sit down with them and say, look, this is what I experienced. And Unfortunately, her abortion experience led to some really um, unhealthy behavior. I mean, she she's um, overcome drug addiction and that kind of thing, which you know a lot of these women are dealing with anyway. And so she has so much credibility with our patients, and uh, she will walk them through um, you know through the pregnancy. She helps them determine whether they qualify for Medicaid, so resolving that financial you know issue many times. Um, and then she has her hand on what's going on in this community, what resources are available. And there, there are a lot of them out there, um, everything from, you know, help with, um, uh, like I said, the financial end of things to um, finding doctors to finding help with drug uh, addiction, um, finding a counselor. We have a, we have a professional counselor who is 
offered her services free of charge wow. to our patients. So, um, so anyway, um, you know, Cheryl is, is an amazing asset. And then our resource coordinator, um, or our, our program coordinator, uh, uh, Rebecca, um, runs our baby and me program. And so she too, you know, provides education walking through mm-hmm. the pregnancy with that woman. Uh, most of these women are first time moms, but we also have a program for, um, called baby and me too, you know, for those who have other children are like, okay, how do I balance this? You know, how do I do this? Especially if it's a single mom, how do I handle two kids? So the women that come in that think abortion is their best option realize, Hey, there are other options and there's support not only now during pregnancy, but afterwards. And so I would imagine that would be a huge encouragement to realize like, I don't have to walk this alone, especially if they're in the midst of a relational breakdown or difficulty. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah, there's people there that are, are willing to help. And I mentioned adoption. Um, you know, a lot of times it takes it takes time to build a relationship with someone to be able to talk about adoption because, unfortunately, adoption has sort of a bad reputation, if you will. Most people have only heard the horror stories about adoption. The, the adoption's gone wrong, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And so we have to build that relationship and, and they see it as um, like giving their, their baby away. And so they see themselves as a bad person for doing that. So it's a whole educational process. Um, and quite frankly, it takes someone who is a little more mature, you know, to, to make that decision. A lot of the younger women, um, you know, teenagers, you know, their families step in and, and really help. We've seen that. And how do you provide support to women that have had abortions? You mentioned that, and I can imagine just um, shame and, and, and um, just deep issues surrounding that as women try to process right. that and what's that like. So how do you walk with them? Well, uh, we have a um, we use a program called Save One. So we we have a um, someone that she's actually a volunteer who um, has uh, experienced abortion and has taken many women through um, this biblically based you know healing program. And um, she always has a co leader with her. Right now, they're doing a um, uh, they're doing a class via Zoom, and they have women from all over the country. And that's one thing that we've learned through this whole COVID thing. Um, you know, we had to go to a virtual type class, but gosh, we don't have to limit it to people here, you know, to women and men here in Casper, Wyoming. We can open it to people throughout the country and Save One is a national organization. So um, they can put us in touch with people that maybe have are waiting for, for a class. And a class situation is really best. One of the big lies about abortion is you're the only one. Mm-hmm. You are the only that's one how feeling shame works. This. Shame I, is, you, you know, you're the only one. And if people knew. Right. Right. So, um, so we're excited about that. Um, you know, I can, I can go to a different church every week and talk about what we do and the need for, you know, abortion recovery and that kind of thing. But boy, the chances of a woman coming up to me later and saying, Oh, I need that. I mean, it's a process. It takes a while. Um, and I can't help but think that maybe some of this virtual stuff will, will help with that. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. A little Somebody more might... anonymity. I mean, right, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to know, you know, who they are, but um, not necessarily, you know, it's not maybe somebody in my own church or whatever. So if somebody's interested in that or knows somebody that might be interested, how do they find out more information about Save One? 
Well, they can they can um, Google Save One, you know, or go to saveone.org, or they can get on, you know, on our website as well. So you alluded to the challenges of COVID. Each of us as individuals, as families, in church, in our jobs, we're trying to figure out how do we do life now in this reality where we're still in partial shutdown? What does it look like moving forward? Uh, while there certainly are challenges and setbacks that we've all experienced, I think what I'm encouraged by is some of the innovation that people mm-hmm. have engaged in in ministry. So I'm just curious how COVID has impacted you, maybe what's made it more challenging, but then also how have you been able to reinvent and, and re-engage sure, the community? Sure. So, you know, of course the challenge is, I mean, we're a ministry, right? You know, you want to, you want to be able to engage with people one-on-one. Um, all of our baby and me sessions are remote because, um, because our program director um, is is someone who's immune compromised, you know, um, it's not ideal, but but it's working. And um, um, but as far as um, um, innovations, uh, one thing that that we've realized, or one one thing that we went to was um, every woman who is scheduled to come see us is first scheduled for a telemedicine appointment. Okay, so a nurse she gets a call from a nurse. And one of our nurses who um, does a health history and um, determines whether this young woman qualifies, if you will, for an appointment. And what I mean by that is we want to make sure that we're able to do an ultrasound, if possible, at that initial appointment. And if she's not quite far enough along, then... You know, we, we, we may encourage her to wait a week, you know, or so to come in. Uh, and the reason for that is just to um, reduce the number of interactions, you know, n- the number of times she needs to come in um, to see us just for her own safety. Um, so, and, and what we found was that um, our no-show rate, which was always pretty low, um, in our no-show rate in May was zero. And that's that's pretty cool. It's pretty exciting. Um, and and I think part of the reason for that for is that class for the for for uh, for the initial appointment. Oh, for the initial okay. appointment. Okay, right. Yeah. Sorry, I I kind of um, didn't follow through on that. But so the the nurse um, first talks to the patient and determines whether she qualifies um, for an in person appointment, and then the nurse makes the appointment um, for her to come actually to True Care for that pregnancy test and ultrasound. So um, uh, the the no show rate for that appointment, that initial pregnancy test in person or in person appointment in May was was zero percent. So I, I can't help but think that maybe uh, the opportunity to talk to a nurse um, and and engage with the nurse first and foremost that 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 maybe. Um, doesn't have an impact in terms of creating, um, you know, more buy-in, I guess. And uh, so we'll see. Uh, I, we're going to continue with that for the near future, um, and, and we'll see. And you mentioned the Save One groups that are able to reach beyond Casper and right. to whoever is able to go. Right. That's awesome. Right. So, Terry, you've been the president of True Care for 22 years. Right. Which is amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness and <laughs> consistency and sticking it out. I imagine you've seen a lot of change. Yes. Um, I was curious if you could share with us, you know, tell us about um, what's different now than when you started 22 years ago, whether in 
the women coming for support and help, uh, your approach, what you see in culture, just, you know, if you were to, if you were to kind of just give us that, um, broad picture perspective of what's different now, what do you see has changed over your 22 years? What would that be? Well, first and foremost, when I started 22 years ago, we were not a medical clinic. And I truly believe that in order to be relevant in this day and age, you have to offer uh, medical services performed by medical professionals. I mean, that just, um, and every pregnancy center in Wyoming is now medical. We were the first to go medical, but um, you, you just have to. You, 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 can't, um, you can't really attract abortion-minded and abortion-determined women who expect to see a medical professional. You, you, you know, if, if you're not medical. Um, so that's, that's one big difference. We went medical back in 2005, and um, we've developed a very linear process where we walk the patient through. Every patient gets kind of walked through the same process. Um, and uh, as far as culturally, um, you know, back in 1998, uh, or even before then when I was volunteering as a um, patient advocate, most women had some idea of what Christianity was. Most of them had heard the gospel message. Most of them had even been to church, whether it was with a grandmother or with family or whatever. Now the secularization of our culture is so apparent, you know, in the very, in, in the women that are coming to see us. Um, they're either um, very allergic to, re, to, to religion or you know, just don't want to hear it, um, or they believe in science. I mean, scientism is, is, is big. You know, if, if I can't prove it through scientific method or I can't see it, um, um, then, you know, I don't believe it, that kind of thing. So that's one thing that's really changed. The thing that we are um, seeing most recently is this um, ability to order the abortion pill online. Um, either, yeah, well, you, you can go to Planned Parenthood's website, and oftentimes you can, um, through telemedicine, obtain the abortion pill. Um, or women are Googling it and finding it and paying for it and not knowing what they're getting in the mail and taking these, you know, these drugs that may or may not be what they thought they not were. Not under the guidance of a doctor. No, no, absolutely not. And uh, that makes it harder for us to get women through our doors. Because the accessibility and the ease and the anonymity <clears throat> of getting that. Right, right. Um, I mean, you know that, that most everybody, I mean, including myself, I find that um, I would almost rather get on a website and make my own appointment for something or order something online and not have to pick up the phone. I mean, that's, that's how our patients are. And uh, so it's, it, it, it's getting more and more difficult. Uh, so we have to look at, in fact, this Thursday, our core staff is going to be meeting to talk about how can we allow our patients to schedule their own appointments. And, and it is possible with our electronic medical record system. What's that going to look like? Um, and, you know, just those kinds of things that we have to constantly be looking at. I mean, if, 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 if nothing else, um, since I started, um, the, the, um, the need to constantly be looking at how things are changing and realizing that things are changing is, it has been huge. Um, it's just ramped up. Can you give us some statistics of how 
the women that you've helped uh, this year, last year, just kind of where things are so people listening can have a, a grasp of what the impact is? Well, um, we are we are down in the number of patients year to date that we've seen by about 18%. I expect, because we've been busy during the month of July, I expect that gap to kind of, you know, be less. But um, a lot of that is because of COVID. Nobody was going anywhere um, for a while. But um, year to date, there have been more than 100 unborn lives that have been saved. Wow. So those are women that came in, walked Mm -hmm. through the door. And change their mind. Mm-hmm. They, in other words, they were set or thinking towards abortion. Right. Or we assessed okay. them yeah. as likely to abort because of all the pressures, yeah. all of the um, yeah. risk factors that they had. So you were a safety net right. underneath them. Right. Wow. More than 100. So that's so beautiful. Can you give us a story of one or two so that we can kind of sure. Sure. understand that a little better? So um, just a couple of weeks ago, our resource coordinator um passed on or forwarded me a text from a young lady. And she said, you know, I don't know if you remember me, but two years ago I came in and I was pregnant and I didn't want to be. And um, I was really thinking about abortion. You told me your story and, and, um, you know, you, you helped me with Medicaid and just want you to know, fast forward, you know, two years and my little one is about to become, you know, one years, one year old. And, um, I just want you to know that I can't imagine my life without her, Mm. you know, and, and then she sent a picture of her too. (laughs) And, um, you know, Cheryl shared that with, with me and I passed it on to lots of people because, you know, that, that we as a staff and, and, and our volunteers need to know about that. We need to hear those, those things. Cause so many times women walk out the door and we're just like, Oh, uh, you know, all we can do is pray. We know praying is the best thing we can do, but sometimes you just love to hear those, you know, those good stories and good outcomes. So, you know, uh, we're so grateful to partner with you at Highland. We have a unique way to support our mission partners. It's called faith promise. And so each year we ask people to prayerfully consider how God would invite us to partner with him. And so we pray for an amount and with our family and, you know, whatever the amount is, it's really kind of unexpected income. The idea is it's this journey that through the year we're watching, we're waiting, we're praying, saying, God, where are you going to provide this? And in our lives, he's shown up in really neat and exciting ways and people have all kinds of stories. But I want to encourage people to join us on that journey because it's fun when God, we believe that God wants to, God is a God of life and God is a God of, of, of provision and abundance. And so when we step into that relationship with him that he provides and we become a channel, as God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you and make you a blessing to others. That's where we get our phrase blessed to bless from. And so I, financial giving is so important because it fuels the work that you do. It fuels the ministry that you do. It, it helps to provide for staff and resources and the building and the ultrasound and the, the very tangible things that allow you to be an advocate for life in our community. In addition to financial support, for those that are listening, how can they get involved? If they say, you know, I want to learn more about the work of True Care, I want to support, I want to help in some way, uh, how can they do that? Well, you know, number one is is prayer. Um, you know, our enemy does not want, I mean, they don't, you know, he does not like what we're doing. Yeah, it really and, is a spiritual battle. Well, and life is foundational, right? I mean, what other rights do we have if we don't have the right to life? Mm-hmm. So, so that first and foremost, for, for, <laughs> first and foremost, but um, 
coming to a, a tour of True Care, and believe it or not, we've even learned how to do that virtually for those people who don't feel comfortable maybe maybe coming in. But a vision tour is a one-hour tour of True Care from the patient's perspective, and um, that's where we get a lot of people who are on our prayer team. So every week I send out a list of prayer requests um, you know, based on what's going on and which, you know, the patients who have been in recently and, and that kind of thing. Um, but uh, a vision tour really helps people see. They, I always hear this from people is, I thought I knew what you did, but um, I really didn't know everything. Well, you know, and as a guy going through it, it was a really powerful experience for me because, I mean, you know, it's it's largely theoretical. I mean, those are conversations that I'm not usually a part of, but to walk through it and to really almost put myself in the shoes of somebody that's having to make that difficult decision, I really, to the best that I think I could, yeah. uh, knowing, you know, because of my gender, to the best that I think I could, the vision tour really helped me understand um, the challenge and the opportunity that's there and the steps along the way. So as one that's taken one, I would encourage you to do that. I think that's a fantastic opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of really where it all starts. Um, I mean, I, I would usually make a big push for volunteers right now because of COVID. Um, we are not, we're, we're sort of giving our volunteers a, a leave of absence, if you will, for a while. Um, again, that's for their protection and, um, you know, um, we just, there's so much uncertainty, um, around this whole thing. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, we have events. I mean, we, we just finished the walk for life in June and, um, you know, we had maybe people, what, 50 people show up that day, but we, we actually raised, um, we, we more than made our goal, um, didn't raise quite as much as last year, but we had last year, I think we had like 120 registered walkers this year. We had 87 mm-hmm. and all of them went literally the extra mile <laughs> to, uh, to, to get more sponsorship. So we are so blessed to have. And the total people. on that this year was around around 65, 66,000. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. I, I God just really, really, um, blessed us through all of that. And then we have a fundraising dessert coming up in September and we are planning to go ahead with an in-person event, but we also have plans to, um, to have a pre-recorded event as well for those who don't feel comfortable coming to an in-person event or, you know, you, you just don't know. Um, right the only now, problem is you can't have the dessert electronically. So you're going to miss that. Well, you- believe it or not, this is really funny. We, um, I, we've got a, a donor who has offered to um, buy cupcakes from a, a local, you know, cupcake company or whatever. And so you can you could order your cupcake. And, and I don't even know if we're going to be able to make this happen. But she offered. And you could go get your coupon for your, you know, okay. print off a coupon okay. for you. <laughs> All right. So creativity. There oh, you I go. Know. Innovation. I know. Just amazing. Amazing people. See, and we I have... thought it would be impossible to have dessert electronically. Oh, but there I guess you go. Not. I know. Okay. Who knew? Who knew? So, yeah. So those are the ways to, to really, um, you know, vision tour first and foremost. Yeah. But Well, we'd love to pray for you now. Okay. And for those that are listening to join us in prayer, Terry, what's the best way that we can pray for you at this time? Well, um, you know, we have several patients um, who have recently given birth who um, struggle with drug addiction. And um, they just really need prayer right now to be the best mothers they can be and to, to um, be able to resist that temptation you know, to go back to using. So, um, that's, that's huge. And, uh, of course, you know, for all of those who will walk through the doors mm-hmm. this week, um, 
you know, that, that they will see the truth, that God will open their, their hearts to the truth of his word, as well as the truth that they're going to see on that ultrasound screen. That's beautiful. Well, for those that are listening, please go ahead and join us as we pray for Terry in the vital work of true care. So Terry, if we would, we'll pray for you. Okay. Lord Jesus, in Psalm 139, you tell us that, that you have searched us and that you know us that you know when we sit and when we rise, and that you have knit us together in our mother's womb. You've created our inmost being. And we praise you because we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and you are the author of life. And I thank you for the amazing work of True Care as they stand on the front line here in Casper each and every day advocating for life, advocating for women to make the choice to choose life and to say yes to the plans that you have, even though... They might be challenging, they might be difficult, and yet would you surround those women this week that might walk through the doors and give hope and give options and give opportunities. Pray for those young women that are struggling with addiction, that you would also surround them with people and ministries that can be a support. None of us can do this journey on our own. No one can. And so may the churches, may the community, may the ministries of this town be knit together as a safety net to provide life and life more abundantly as you've come to give each of us. And for those that are listening, that are struggling in our own lives, struggling with shame or decisions that have been made in the past, may each of us know, God, that you are the God of the second, third, fourth, hundredth chance, and and we can come today and begin anew and start afresh our walk and our journey with you, supported by others as we continue with the days that you've given us. So we thank you, Jesus, for being there with us. Thank you for Terry, her 22 years of service as president, and continue to bless her in the ministry as they move forward. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Well, we're so grateful, Terry, that you've joined us. And for those listening, thank you for being with us. Our goal is to get you moving on mission. So we hope that you would follow our podcast. You can go there at hpcc.church slash missions or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also check out our Facebook page and keep up to date with opportunities for service here in Casper and around the world. Until next time, thanks for joining us.